Welcome to the Infernal Mafia. That's Kayla. And that's Sarah. And welcome to part two of Infertility in Hollywood. So the first thing we're going to talk about, I mean, technically, I feel like this video is a part of Hollywood. What I mean, it's say? a video. So. Well, it's from it's from a YouTuber and she's in the Hollywood scene. Oh, is she? Yeah, I'm guessing you've never heard of her. No, never heard of her. <laughs> I only this. watched it because you asked me to, so I know absolutely nothing about this person. Okay, so Gigi Gorgeous, who is a transgender woman, made a video called Transgender Pregnancy. And she talks about... Uh, she, she has a girlfriend who... Her girlfriend is... The granddaughter of the Getty Images people. Oh, really? You know Getty? Yeah, you know Getty Images? Yeah. Yeah, so her girlfriend's like super rich. Not that <laughs> that matters. But so before she was dating guys, but now she's dating a girl. Wait, time out. The Getty Images, creepy or cute? Wait, what? The Getty Images of the babies, creepy or cute? Oh, you mean like on Getty Images? Aren't they the people that do all the the pictures of the babies in the weird poses? No, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Getty Images is the company that has all the celebrity images and oh. like license them. License them. Well, they do like all kinds of images. They're a licensing service. So you buy images. Oh, Okay. Then never mind. Do you know what I'm? I'm talking about Anne Getty. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe she's related. I don't know, but I knew what you were talking about. Okay. My sister, hey Lara, she had a thing for Anne Getty pictures when she was like she had them all over her room. Oh, that's kind (laughs) of weird. I yeah. Like as a child. Yeah, like when she was a kid. Yeah, like when she weird. she was old enough to make the choice herself, but she really liked the pictures. Oh, it's for sure a different person because yeah. Anne Getty spells her name with two D's. Anyway, I'm sorry, I digressed. I digressed oh, it's you. Fine. Anyway, so Gigi Gorgeous, um, she's dating a girl, but in this video she said that she didn't have the sex change surgery. Right. Which I think a lot of people thought that she had. So she still has a penis and balls and Correct. whatever. And sperm, or as she called and them, the little swimmy things. Little the swimmy things. Okay, so <laughs> I was interested, so I watched this video, and then I was like, Kayla, watch this video so we can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. But, I mean, there were a lot of... There was a lot of misinformation in this video. I agree. So you should tell him what the premise was. What was her point in making the oh, video? Oh, her point was she does want to have kids and she feels defeminized knowing that she can't have kids. Well, she can't have kids. Kind of. I don't know. She can't bear children. She can't. Yeah, that was the birth issue. The kids. Right? 
Yeah, she's and she's she's talking about how she wants to have kids with her girlfriend, mm-hmm. and the whole kind of the the main takeaway from the whole <laughs> her fiance, Sorry. the takeaway from the whole video was her like lamenting the fact that she can't have the kid that she personally can't carry the, the child. At the end of the video, she has been on hormones for four years, right? Which pretty Fuck much up your sperm right i think uh the point is that they're they render you sterile eventually mm-hmm. as you know the longer you take them so i'm guessing chances are she's gonna have a hard time we don't know we don't because know because she didn't want to go to the jerk off room that's right that's right so here's what i found problematic and let me start by saying there is nothing easy about being a transgender person. You know what I mean? Just like it, it's not easy to come out and like be open and public about it because there are lots of people who don't understand it and are very mean. Having said that, she sounds, I feel like everything she said, any infertile woman could also say. <laughs> and... To me, she sounded really entitled and kind of bratty. Yeah, and super uninformed. Right. Like, all... Like, she had no idea what she was talking about. No clue. And she she was really bratty about her trip to the RE. Like, really bratty. She said something like that they were in the waiting room with all these old couples because they're just there to like freeze eggs and sperm because they're old and I'm like that's no, not it's like no dum-dum if there's a couple in there they're probably there to make a baby right now <laughs> right they're not they're, most people aren't like you know i'm just gonna spree <laughs> or I'm, I'm gonna freeze our stuff individually <laughs> right no there because were... yeah that doesn't work out very well I agree. There's there's also a lot of misconceptions about freezing your eggs because they're like, I can just freeze my eggs and then I can come back to them when I'm 40. Like, those eggs are very delicate and the rate of fertilization with frozen eggs is really not very good. Yes, we have covered that before. And we'll cover it again, I have a feeling. Yeah, no, I it's very frustrating because like you look at this video that has over 2 million views and this is kind of like the impression that she's putting to the a, a public a lot of whom probably don't know anything about fertility treatments and just the way she talked about it and misspoke about it is frustrating for those of us that are, you know, do know what it's like to go see an RE and so that's frustrating but I think the most thing that the thing I had the most trouble with was when she basically said that women look and feel the most feminine when they're pregnant I was like Uh, what what no it's just it's not helping to perpetuate this idea that all women are good for or what they're meant to do or made to do or they are at their peak best whatever when they're pregnant 
you know, it's just so frustrating. It's like face palm. It's just that idea that this is when you're at your best when you're pregnant. And I, I read some of the comments and there are a lot of people defending the infertility community, which I was proud of, like saying. Well, and she, yeah. And yeah. she also said something like, I think it's worse for me because I can't carry a child and at least infertile people have the opportunity what she said something along those lines right yeah that's what i halfway through the video i was like everything you're saying is actually how most infertile women feel like all the frustrations that you're having like welcome to the club girl (laughs) except like yeah you you kind of knew that up front (laughs) well yeah that you're not gonna be able to carry a baby Right. It's like, you know, you, I understand that it's frustrating because you want to, but imagine how even more frustrating it is when you have all the correct parts and they still don't work for you. (laughs) Now, hopefully because they're just getting into this, like fertility treatments and stuff, I'm hoping that we have a positive outcome here. And she, when she's, you know, on the other side of it, however it turns out for her, her, that maybe she'll have more compassion for the infertility community. Wouldn't that be a nice way to wrap this Kinda up with a it. pretty little bow? <laughs> uh, the most irritating thing for me is when she's like, yeah, it takes like 12 weeks for them to get the <laughs> eggs out. And then they scrape them out of her uterus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, none of that is right. That's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. And I don't know when she transitioned. I guess maybe four years ago she started if she said. And I hope hope her doctor, when she started the transition, told her at the time, hey, listen, if you do this, there's a really good chance you can't have biological children. But I'm guessing they didn't. Or maybe she forgot. I don't know. Or maybe she didn't care at the time. Right. Like, you should probably freeze your sperm. Right. That's what she was saying. I wish I had frozen my sperm back then. It's like, yeah. Why don't they have everyone freeze their sperm just in case? (laughs) Guys, freeze your sperm just in case. (laughs) Yeah. Or, I mean, and for women who transition to men, I guess you could freeze your eggs because wouldn't testosterone overcook them? I assume. I assume the same would happen the other... That's the problem with PCOS. Right. I mean, a lot of us have the excess testosterone, um, testosterone, which that's how I got um, diagnosed with it. They did the blood test. They're like, yeah. you have more testosterone than the usual woman. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder if this is a good question, Sarah, that people that are going through uh treatment to transition I wonder if it's a big thing that their doctor talks to them about the future of their reproductive health I kind of doubt it I don't know like if people are transitioning as younger than 18 they're not I'm sure like well they're probably I mean they're not thinking about that then you know no but it makes you infertile yeah yeah like I said, best case scenario here is that she comes out of it with more compassion for the infertility community. Yeah, but she was she didn't even go do the 
semen analysis. So she doesn't even know where she's at with that. She wasn't feeling it, she said. So. She said, I shouldn't have to do a semen analysis because I'm a woman. <laughs> it's like, no, you do. Yeah, anyway. I mean, if you want to have kids, you have to yeah. do what you have to do. Like, do you think that we want to go through IVF to have kids? No. Do you think I want all those things shoved up my vajingo? No. Do you think I want shots in my butt every night for like 10 weeks? Do you think I want dye poured into my uterus? No. Do you think you I want a balloon in my cervix? Do no. you think I want permanent scar damage from progesterone and oil? No. Do you think I want to go through surgery to see what's up with my insides? Do you think I want immune therapy every two weeks with other people's plasma so that my immune system will just calm the fuck down? You know, we could do this all day. (laughs) Yeah, but you do what you have to do, you know. Right. Or you could just adopt. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, okay, I know where you're going. You're about to talk to me about your MFM. Yes. And his thoughts on reproductive immunology but before you get to that while i'm thinking about it in our next episode we're, we're gonna for the sake of time not talk about it this time but in the next one we're gonna talk about that viral post of the babies mm. with all the needles yeah i've got lots of feelings and so does everyone in our facebook group oh yeah i was reading the comments this morning yeah and i was crazy like, shaking my head Mm, mm, mm. So someone made a comment that I was like, yes, I would say the exact same thing about the whole adoption thing. Like someone said, you should just adopt. You're selfish. Blah, blah, blah. For doing all Mm. this. And someone's like, oh, so how many kids have you adopted? Right. Yeah. That's another good. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Little tease, everybody. Okay. So tell me about your MFM and his thoughts on my MFM. For people who don't know what that is, because it's an acronym. (laughs) He's my maternal fetal medicine specialist. So he's who I see for my pregnancy. And he does preconception appointments. And he sent me to my RE before I was pregnant. But anyway, so my last appointment, I was like, hey, what do you think about the folate Uh, versus folic acid thing for people with mthfr the mother effer just call it the mother effer (laughs) and he said there have been no scientific studies on the claims of the people making folate for how well it works for that and he gives people with what you have (laughs) (laughs) The More mother folic. Effort. Yeah, he gives them larger amounts of folic acid. Mm. So, and he said, if you find a study on it, send it his way. Uh, okay. Yeah. I will be happy to send multiple studies his way. <laughs> okay. He said he hasn't seen any studies on that specific thing and the claims from the people who produce folic acid. I mean, huh. folate. So Hmm. I'm going to have to disagree with him, even though he's a doctor, because obviously I know more than he does. Yeah, sure you do. (laughs) No, but I mean, I tried to look up studies after he said that I couldn't find any. So, well, here's what I find problematic in that. 
but the he claim, did say he people can take it it's just more expensive yeah it is more expensive but it's not that much more expensive so to me it's like why not do the thing that is more sure for you because here's the argument well this is not debatable so I don't know what he said about this but this is 100% not debatable that people with the MTHFR gene um, really do have trouble converting folic acid which is synthetic into a bioactive form that their body can use it doesn't mean they can't do it it just means they have a harder time than like yourself who you don't have it so and the the more mutations you have the harder it is on the person's body to convert okay so that's not debatable at all so the idea that you just give the person more folic acid instead of giving them the right amount of folate that their body doesn't have to convert to me that's a no-brainer just give me the stuff that my body doesn't have to convert I don't know. He said that folic acid can work for people with MTHFR if you take more of it. Well, just guys, if you have MTHFR, do your own research. If it were me, if you want my opinion, and like I said, I'm way smarter than Sarah's doctor. <laughs> if you I don't know about my- that. Because <laughs> he's the well, smartest not man be- I've ever met. Listen, I may not be smarter than your MFM, but I might challenge that I've researched MTHFR more than him (laughs) because my guess is it's not at the top of his list of things to do. I I don't know. know. But I will tell you what he said about reproductive (laughs) immunology. (laughs) Oh, he said more things. Okay, go on. Yeah, I said, so, okay, what's your opinion on reproductive immunology? And he was like, uh, what? Like, why are you asking me about this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, why are you asking me about this? And I was like, okay, so my friend. Me? Yeah, (laughs) Kayla did um, intralipid infusions. No. And he's like, what? Nope. Intravenous immunoglobulin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to that after (laughs) I said that. And he's like, okay, so she has natural killer cells. And I said, yeah, that's what it is. And he's like, uh, where is she? Because that's not around here. I said, oh, she's in Chicago. And he's like, okay, that makes more sense. And then I said, he's like, he started saying something. And I was like, it was with plasma. And he's like, oh, that's blah, 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 what you just said. IVIG. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then he said he's had two patients who he could not who just had horrible outcomes and so he sent them to an ri yeah and then they got pregnant and had babies (laughs) (laughs) simple as that (laughs) yeah but he said those are very expensive if they're not covered by insurance did your insurance cover them they did that's awesome the one thing my insurance covered and it was like our saving grace because IVIG is extremely expensive. Yeah, he said so, it was like $20,000. Oh, no. Well, I guess it depends on what you need. So yeah, it depends said, on how well, often you do the treatments. Fifteen to $20,000. And I was like, holy crap. She never mentioned that. 
It, de- <laughs> it depends. I wouldn't like if anyone's listening and that don't let that number necessarily scare you because it really depends on how much treatment you do and how often. And well, I'm guessing those ladies had a lot of treatment. Probably. But so. a lot more insurances are starting to cover that as well, which is nice. That's kind of surprising that your insurance would cover that, but not it infertility. Was a little backwards. Yeah. <laughs> not a dime of IVF, but they did cover the majority of the immune therapy. And I'm with you. I think it's what got me to a healthy pregnancy and live birth. So, so does that make you happy that he said that? It does. <laughs> so the moral that. of the story is, guys, take a bioactive folate. Don't <laughs> listen to Sarah's doctor on that point. And do listen to Sarah's doctor on the other point. If you wanted to take folate, he'd be like, okay. Well, I know. But, okay, that's my point. Just take the folate because it's not that much more expensive. So why take more folic acid when you know for sure that your body can use folate? But you don't know for sure that it can use folic acid as well. So just take the folate. That's for the gene, though. The gene mutation. Yeah, if, if you have MTHFR. And if Correct. you don't have that, then it doesn't matter. Then just take whatever kind of multivitamin you want. Or I mean, don't, he prenatal. Doesn't, he doesn't have you take a prenatal, which is the real thing. <laughs> what? He's just, yeah, he's like, I don't have people take prenatals because they don't have enough of some stuff and they have too much of other stuff. Which <laughs> okay. I'm cool with because I don't like taking prenatal vitamins. So, <laughs> so I just been taking take, any prenatals? I've been taking supplements individually okay Okay. i'm I'm okay with that yeah you know what i even like that better if you have a doctor that will cater specifically to your need instead of just saying take a prenatal if they say sarah needs this 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 yeah he does like this extensive blood test at the beginning gotcha and my friend who went there was taking different stuff than me so and he nice. kept her pregnant with an incompetent cervix without putting a cerclage in. Wow. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on to movies. So in our last episode, we talked about TV, the way infertility is depicted in TV shows, which I have a few um, updates to comment on some of the shows we talked about. But before we do that, we're going to talk about a couple documentaries and then a couple of movies. So the first documentary is One More Shot. Have you seen it? I started watching it, but I didn't get very far into it. I think it's pretty good for anyone who wants to, wants like a very comprehensive approach about what IVF looks like. Yeah, I didn't stop watching it because it was bad. I just had to go do something else and then (laughs) didn't come back to it yeah yeah so it's this couple that they actually like met in film school or something so they were used to documenting their life in other areas and then when they started trying to conceive they started to document that little did they know it was going to turn into this film about uh you know their struggle they went through some pretty serious struggle to get they do have a daughter now but the whole thing yeah it's great the whole thing 
talks about what they had to go through through I think they did IUI, IVF, then they did IVF with her sister's donor eggs, and it still didn't work. And then they eventually used donor embryo. It's It does a great job of showing the emotional toll. I mean, it's a little bit of like, I mean, it's, it's sad, but it has a happy ending. And I also like that they also talk to other couples, so it's not just their story. But they talk to other couples, and so you see other ways that you know these families are being formed, and they don't necessarily all have a happy ending. So it kind of it just gives you a pretty realistic, I don't know, depiction. I wanted to do that for YouTube, like for a YouTube video, but you know, money, lazy. (laughs) Do what? Like go and see my friends in other cities, and like oh sure, they're doing IVF and. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, but <laughs> it's a lot of it work. Requires a lot of time and money. <laughs> yeah. So and since I did IVF, I don't have time or money. <laughs> True that. Mostly money. <laughs> and then yeah. the other one was Vegas Baby. Have you seen that? I haven't. I've been wanting to, and I yeah. know that my favorite YouTube nurse is in it. Really? Oh, Nurse Linda? Yeah, I love her. <laughs> nice i haven't seen it either is it for sure a documentary i I think think it's documentary style no i think it's a documentary with and it's a contest isn't it i think yeah it's like these it follows these three families that so yeah here i'll read this little blurb that i found on their website it follows three families so desperate to have a child i don't like that line They're willing to enter the contest, although even if they do win, there's no guarantee they'll get pregnant and have a baby. These are very Um, extreme. uh, The couples? Yeah. They make for good TV. I guess so. It says Rosalinda and and Dago. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, that's how I'd say it. Devout Catholics who worry about the church's objection to IVF. That's interesting. Athena is a single woman who says it was easier to come out as a lesbian than to reveal her infertility. Whoa. And then the last couple, Anne and Brian, says that they might lose their house to foreclosure because they spent so much money on fertility treatments. Holy crap. Yeah. Yikes. So it follows those three families. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a lot of pressure. It just puts so much pressure on you to make it work well, if you're about to bankrupt yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna, um, if you're gonna bankrupt yourself, that's not a very good idea. No. Like if you're gonna be having a baby. Yeah. Where are you gonna put it? <laughs> you need a house for a baby. You at least need some sort of shelter. They don't do well in tents. No. They don't. Yeah. I don't do well in tents. <laughs> I don't know about you. Camping I, is not something I like to do. What about glamping? I've never Would you glamped. glamp? Yeah, <laughs> if there's air conditioning. Right. Air conditioning and um, plumbing. I need, I, I, I can pee outside, that's fine. Oh my gosh, though. Mm, I don't know. One time I peed outside and got poison ivy. Oh no. You know where. In the... What? <laughs> Did you get it in the, you know what? <laughs> On my butt. That would be the worst 
place to get poison ivy like in your in your yeah you know undercarriage region yes it is because it's itchy yeah it is you can't walk around and itch your crotch all day <laughs> yeah so when you're peeing outside make sure you know what's below you where you're peeing <laughs> and it was i was just oh, outside. you were just peeing outside for the fun I of was it just drinking you were just drunk and <laughs> peeing outside seems like a good idea when you're drunk. Yeah, we were having like a fire on the beach of the lake. There was poison ivy on the no, beach? No, I was like walking up to my apartment. Okay. My apartment was in the woods. This is very confusing gotcha. for people who don't understand. <laughs> it is very confusing. The rural living. You have an apartment on a beach Next to some woods with poison okay. ivy. During Got it. the winter, the lake goes way down, so there's a beach. I was picturing the beach like the ocean beach, no. but you mean a lake beach. I mean a lake, like the hillbilly beach. Now it all makes sense. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sarah, you watched Game Night. I did. Which we, was the next, now we're going to do some movies. Uh, we rented it from the Red Box. So we could watch oh. it. Those are still a thing. Yeah, they are. Because but, it's, it's not on Netflix. And if you rent it from like Amazon, it's $5. Oh. So I'm gonna, I don't even have a DVD player anymore. Oh, uh, we used Peter's PS4 or whatever. Okay. Does Bill not play video games? No, we don't have one of those either. Was it, <laughs> were video games kind of before? His, like... <laughs> How old do you think he is? Isn't he older than you? Yeah, but we both grew up on video games. Whoa. Hello, the OG Nintendo. If I... It's... we. My parents still have our old Nintendo. And I told them I want it someday, but I can't have it now. Because if it was in my house, I would literally do nothing but play Tetris and Mario Brothers all day. This is like the first Nintendo you're talking about, right? Yes. Like 1983 or 6 or whatever year it came out. Like the original. I used to play one of those. But let me tell <laughs> it you. It was already an antique. Things have changed. <laughs> well, I know. Okay, so you rented a, a DVD and played it on his whatever PS what four PS twenty five <laughs> game night. Yes, tell me about it. Um, okay, so it starts off. They're they're really into playing games. Like they met at trivia, but the oh, like board games. They love board games. They love trivia. They love any kind of game that you okay. can play and beat someone at. But mostly board gotcha. games, like board, like things that you would get together with a group to play. Like Candyland. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I could see them <laughs> playing Candyland. They, they played a lot of Pictionary, I think. Oh. That's what it was. That's a nice one. Yeah. But the theme is that they are trying to have a baby. And they go to an infertility doctor, and it's kind of like the one of the next movies we're going to talk about, Knocked Up. Do you remember those scenes where they're going to the gynecologist? I don't think I've seen it. Maybe I have. Oh, I so remember. very unrealistic, like, RE yeah. talks 
But she says nine out of ten times when guys have low motility, it's mental. Oh, and my think, God. I th- what? Yeah, I think that's what made everyone super mad. Because that's Wait, not true. Wait, say that again? The guy, gyna- or the um, RE, I don't even know if she was an RE. They didn't say. Just the, the, doctor, the doctor. Someone in a white coat. Yes, the doctor said, your motility is low. Nine out of ten times... It's mental, which I think... No, you're mental. Yeah, so that was kind of the theme of the movie, which for this character, I think they were saying that he was mentally not ready for kids and was making his sperm immobile. (laughs) Okay. Like, I think that's what they were trying to say and then throughout the movie they are they get into a bad game night and it turns out that his brother is like not this big venture capitalist that they thought he's like a drug dealer and all kinds of bad things so they get mixed up in shooting and like kidnapping trying to save him and throughout the night this character with the low motility discovers that he really does want to have children. Of course. Just over one night. Yeah. And so he's like, I do want to have children. And the whole thing is unrealistic. (laughs) So he gives his sperm a pep talk at the end of the night. And then the next thing you know, bam, two lines. Mm, He doesn't give them a pep talk. He's just like, oh, yeah, I do want children. And so he's not infertile anymore. He's magically cured. And three months later, one night. they find out they're pregnant. Of course. <sighs> you know. <laughs> so it was a movie about this guy discovering that he does want to be a dad. I get the, the they just used this complete non-truth. To be convenient for their plot line. Exactly. Which is fine and all. But it does not help the infertility community <laughs> to spread such falsehoods it's, to the general public. It's not that great of a movie in general. You know, because I just feel like people watch that and then they think, oh, bad sperm just must mean the guy isn't relaxing enough or isn't ready or like it's some kind of mental thing that they that he can change and obviously that is 100% incorrect I don't think I'm gonna catch that one yeah it has funny parts I think I'm gonna spend my time on other movies that did not like okay what to expect when you're expecting I really like that movie (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny and it's entertaining and same thing with knocked up I love knocked up I saw it like three times in the theater Oh, wow. That was before I was infertile. (laughs) Is that the one that has the, like, when it first came out, everyone was talking about the scene when she gave birth. Oh, yeah. And they show her crowning. Being, like, really, yeah. Okay. That's the one I've seen then. Out of nowhere. Right. There's no warning. All of a sudden, you just. (laughs) And everyone's like, no. (laughs) My eyes, my eyes. Is that what it really looks like? <laughs> Which I think but it is what it really looks like. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think what people didn't like about it, correct me if I'm wrong, is it was sort of this, the idea that, like, the one night stand and you all of a sudden get pregnant or the when I wasn't even trying and you all of a sudden get pregnant. That happens for just, normal people. It does happen for normal people. So Like, that happens all the I time mean, for irresponsible normal people. It's true. It's true. Remember, infertile people are one in eight, which means seven in eight can have a one night stand and maybe get knocked up. So I think you and I are, we are somewhat disagreeing with the people in our Facebook group because these don't get on our nerves because, I mean, yeah, one night stands don't happen to infertile people, but they definitely happen to normal people one night stand babies (laughs) yeah it's like maybe before they knew to infertile people but what to expect when you're expecting i think people didn't like that because the infertile couple just relaxed and got relaxed yes which that's fair that is fair we're with you on that and i don't think they liked how they handled the miscarriage part of it have you you haven't seen this have you okay so it's a couple who aren't a couple who get pregnant and they're the youngest ones and then they're like oh I guess we'll be together now and then she ends up miscarrying and they go to the hospital and that's pretty much it and they stop talking I think so I think that people didn't like the miscarriage part that they just kind of glossed over it glossed over but the couple wasn't a couple so maybe that's why they were just like okay well that's it for them (laughs) yeah but they but yeah all these couples were connected but people did like there was one other couple in what to expect when you're expecting they did like the couple that adopted because it showed kind of what they were going through. Okay. So, yeah. I and I like I don't know. I liked it. But up. Yeah, I would say up was the most common one that we got of a of the way people felt positively about a movie that dealt with infertility. Well, you don't know that you're going to be going to a Disney movie and then the first 5 minutes are like heartbreaking. But they handled, like, they showed it. They didn't have any words. They just showed it. And you're like. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Ellie. It was very well done. It was very well done. Yeah. And then they, like, the couple still loved each other, even though they couldn't have kids. And they still had their adventures. And You know, that's the best thing about it was. Well, and like you said, it's only like five minutes or something. It's very short. And they, you know, show them getting married and then decorating a nursery. And then she's at the doctor and it's implied that, you know, she's miscarrying or that it's not working out for whatever reason. And then there's this one shot of her that I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And she's sitting in the backyard and she's just sitting in a chair by herself. Like her arms are just you know she's just like sitting there lifeless looking like and it's very quick it's only like a couple seconds that they show it but I was like 
whoa. It was very moving. She just looked like a shell of a person, which is how you feel after a miscarriage. You're just empty. And what I love about the whole story, though, is that it's not like they needed to have a baby to be happy. Like you said, they went on with their life and still had a very happy and full life together, even though that was obviously a big heartbreak for them. Yeah. And I just like that it didn't perpetuate this idea that you need babies to be happy. You yeah. Know? And they just, I don't know, they loved each other so much. <laughs> I, full disclosure, I told you I didn't watch the whole thing. I f- you said only the beginning sad. I feel like it. W- is it sort of like a notebook situation? No. no. Oh. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. So you didn't watch anything beyond that? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> so Ellie dies. I, mean, I know. Yeah. And then so the old sad. guy. I can't remember his name. He's living in a house. And then. Someone's screaming at you right now. <laughs> Someone's screaming at me, like his name. Your his name, yeah. He has his old house that he lived with Ellie, and I think he grew up there, and they were neighbors. And um, there's this annoying scout who comes over and bugs him all the time. And then a developer is trying to use eminent domain to take his house, and he's like, "Yeah, see, I did see some of he's this." Like hell no. And then he puts balloons <laughs> on his house and floats away. But the annoying scout guy kid is a stowaway. And then they float to this place where um, the old guy and Ellie wanted to always visit on an adventure. And then they have an adventure Mm -hmm. there. Nice. But the old guy's trying to get the scout back. And there's like an evil guy. And then there's a dog there who can talk because of his collar. So it's like a, it's a Disney movie <laughs> after that. You're right. I mean, everybody loves that movie, so I don't think anyone said anything bad about That's it. That's another one I saw in the movie theater. Nice. Yeah. Pixar, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with Pixar. Anything that they do is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So I think the thing with Up is they showed all of the highlights of their life together. And not mm-hmm. being able to have kids was a big one. Right. So. And people liked the way it was portrayed. Yeah. They really identified with it, myself included. They did a really good job with it. Yeah, they did. Good job, Pixar. Disney. Um, and then another one that someone mentioned that I hadn't thought of was The Help. Have you seen it? Parts. Okay. I've seen it on TV. Have you read... Th- did you read the book? No, I didn't. I could not put the book down. It was so good. And cuz it takes place in the 1960s in Mississippi, I think. And um you know, the premise is about all these like kind of rich, privileged white women and their African American help. You know, the people that take care of their kids and the t- the people that their housekeeper and how inferior they were treated to white people and this is in the 1960s not that long ago there's one of the characters in the movie her name is Celia and she has recurrent miscarriages and many of them 
and the what's like really moving about it is how ostracized she is treated in this community in ninth in the you know 1960s because everything is about having kids when you're a woman in the 1960s and if you can't do that you are just like a cast out that makes me uncomfortable that that wasn't that long ago <laughs> it makes me glad I don't live you know just think about how stigmatizing it is now in 2018 and how much harder it would have been you know 60 years ago a hundred years ago you know so it makes me thankful that we at least have made quite a few strides in terms of like awareness in the public about infertility so was so. this Celia her name Celia C- yeah Celia was she nice to the help or was she the one who was the meanest to them no she was she became really close to her housekeeper Minnie was her name Minnie's the one that served the meanest one, the poop pie. (laughs) I think I saw that part. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's got some really great characters and just, it's a very good book and a very good movie. And that was a really cool, it's, it's not like a main theme of the movie, but I think it does a good job of showing the contrast of how women were treated in the 1960s that couldn't have kids as opposed to how it is now. Yeah. It's such a stark difference. I mean, she couldn't go to the bridge club or she couldn't go to the country club because she doesn't have kids and they all think she's... That doesn't make sense. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. So, and and then, and her miscarriages that she has throughout the movie are really sad obviously mm-hmm. and it shows that's how she bonded with Minnie was that Minnie found out this was happening to her and helped her through it and anyway it's it's good so there were just a couple other ones um that were kind of like just the plot is is like centered on some type of fertility treatment like the backup plan or the switch have you seen either one of those I've seen the switch I've seen the switch too which they're similar or not. I mean, they're, yeah, they're similar. It's both like women that decide they want a baby, but they're not married. And so they do the whole turkey baster thing, which I think is why most people know about IUI, because that is what gets covered the most in, you know, TVs and movies, probably because it's the easiest to explain (laughs) in a movie, you know? Like, all you really do is shoot the sperm up there. There's not a lot more to it than that, unlike IVF. Yeah, people liked the backup plan, but the switch they thought was kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. Because someone f- friend switches the sperm that they just leave sitting in the bathroom. Yes. The party. That Yeah, she throws her, herself yeah. a party. <laughs> No, her friend throws the party. Her crazy friend throws the party. Oh, sure. And then her other best friend switches the sperm out with his own. And this guy's like neurotic and not the kind of guy she wants the sperm donor to be. And then, then of course, they fall in love. Seven years later, she has the kid and he's like super neurotic like the dad. (laughs) Right. 
And like, and she's like, hmm. Well, she's like, yeah, this is just my kid. And then they like connect, and then eventually she figures out that he switched the sperm. Yeah, but the whole idea that it's very problematic. She's doing this at home. There's just sperm hanging out in her bathroom at a party. And then he spills it and replaces it. it the, you know, there's lots of plot holes here. <laughs> Not the kind of thing you should throw a party for. No. No. So, I mean, but it's entertaining. Yeah. And I like anything with Jennifer Aniston in it. And again, I like Jason Bateman. I mean, he plays the same character in almost everything. But Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Jen can do no wrong in my eyes. I'll watch anything she's in. I mean, Jason Bateman made the show Ozark, so that's why. Oh, that's right. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're team Jason. Yeah. So the last couple things we wanted, to, just like generally speaking, I'm not going to read all these comments, but I think the most, the biggest things that people talked about that were like annoying to them about the way infertility was portrayed in in TV and movies were two things. So if if there's any Hollywood producers listening right now, tune in, lean in, turn it up. <laughs> they didn't like the plot line of oh we can't we can't get pregnant and then they just relax or they stop thinking about it and then it happens. Yeah, that's number one. Like baby mama. Yes. Um, or like the what to expect when you're not expecting one that we talked about. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, just it just like perpetuates that whole like just relax and it'll happen for you. And that drives infertile people insane. Because that's not <laughs> so, true. It's not true. And then another one is that uh, infertile women are portrayed as evil or crazy. Yeah. We're not evil or crazy, are no. we? <laughs> Some of us are. Like, they end up snapping and kidnapping someone else's kid or cutting them out. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, uh, what's that one from the 80s with Michael Douglas? The one that's uh, she's like, I will not be ignored, Dan. Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Yeah. Yes. That's a perfect example of what we're talking about. She's infertile. I haven't seen the um, movie. Yes. I feel like that's a very common theme that the infertile woman comes across as crazy, like baby obsessed and and kind of one dimensional that way. There's one movie that no one has talked about on here that I randomly saw and it was like Girlfriend's Weekend. Something along yeah. that line. And, um, okay. It talks about infertility, and no one has talked about that one. Yeah. Well, no, it's called Girls of... Trip, and it has oh, Queen Latifah, Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, Tiffany Haddish. Spoiler alert: uh, Regina Hall's character is infertile, and her husband, her and her husband, are like famous, and they have a brand together. But her husband cheats on her. And ends up getting another woman pregnant. Oh, no. But they went through these infertility treatments, and she comes to realize that she doesn't need him to be happy. Oh, I like that twist. Or successful. And people liked her even more when she was truthful about it. Yeah. So. 
You know that plot has actually happened in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it has. <laughs> you know it has. But they couldn't get pregnant, like, even with doing all the treatments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she never told anyone. Like, she didn't tell her best friends. Hmm. And then she came clean about it, and people were like, yes. <laughs> golf clapping. Sarah's golf, golf clapping. clapping. <laughs> so. Hey, but speaking of the, like, false portrayal of infertile women, I wanted to give an update on The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yes. So we talked about it in the last episode, but I hadn't seen it, and now I've watched the whole first season. <laughs> wow. So... Yeah, I've been busy, and I'm feeling very depressed. <laughs> like, I feel like I needed a Prozac after every episode. That makes me really want to watch the show. Does it? No. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it depends what you like. I mean, I did that's get why an email from Hulu yesterday saying, come back. There you go. It's a sign. You can only watch it on Hulu. Um... This is the perfect example of I was talking about anything that's sad or too heavy. I have to binge it because I just can't do it in little. I just have to get it all out. Did you watch (laughs) it while you're doing something else? Yes. Oh, always. Oh, always. I can't just. Are you kidding? There's no way I could. Yeah. Were you knitting? I wasn't knitting. (laughs) (laughs) I can't knit. We've been over this. I don't knit. I know. I was joking. I do other crafty things, but I don't knit. But anyway, it's so dark. It's so dark. And it's, yeah, it's, I think it's like really, really, really well done other than some annoying whole like plot holes as well. Mm. But the infertile women, the whole premise of the whole show is that there's this mass epidemic of infertility in the future. Do they say why? They don't say it in the beginning, but we're starting to uncover why. Is now it that fluoride in the, the water season. It's stuff like that. Chemical <laughs> stuff. Chemicals <laughs> in the air. Chemicals are making us all infertile. So, fertile women are like a precious commodity in this new uh, you know, society of people and they've been taken over by these crazy fundamentalist christians that believe in handmaids which are it's forced surrogacy so they rape these women with their wives present like yeah it's so dark it's this whole ceremony thing but it's inspired me to i think maybe while you're on maternity leave sarah i'm gonna do a episode with my sister about infertility in biblical times because okay. it, it's like super interesting they used to do this like the i mean the handmaid's tale is fiction but it's based on the way some some cultures behaved in biblical times you know so, i think that's a good episode for you and your sister yeah. <laughs> and not me because i have no idea right well but the point is they the infertile women are the women in power that's who the the tv show is about anyway and they are very much depicted as crazy like just mean bitches (laughs) for lack of a better term and 
part of that is their the fact that they have all the power. Like that's part of why they're mean. But it kind of gets lumped in that they also happen to be infertile. And so they are the main antagonist in the show are these women who are trying to have kids. Well, that's so great. Don't, I know. I don't love that. <laughs> that's just great. I don't love that, but the show is very compelling. It's very mm. interesting. So it's very troublesome. It's very, it's a lot of things. Unsettling. That's the word. Have you seen the Mindy Project? It's also Mm-mm. on Hulu. No, but maybe I should watch it now that I have Hulu. Yeah, you should. It's funny, <laughs> but it kind of deals with infertility towards the end. Not infertility. Anyway. I should alternate Yeah, between Handmaid's Tale and the Mindy Project. It'll make you feel good. Better. Good, because I need something to make me feel good after watching or that thing. Or you should watch the Vanderpump Rules. Or that. I know that you've been. That will make you feel smart. You've been pushing me to watch that one for quite some time now. You should anyway. watch it. Tell me what you think. <laughs> will do. Okay, quick out of the box. Yeah. Real quick one. Let's stick with TV. Since okay. we're on the topic, what was your favorite TV show growing up, or your favorite TV show like in the last five years, oh, or both? Man. Do you have yours already in your head? Um, you know, my favorite TV show growing up is a hard one. But yes, I do have my favorite TV show in the last five years. Okay, you go first so I can think. Okay. I think the best show on television in the last five years, drama. If I'm picking that genre, which I am, <laughs> is Breaking Bad. It was too intense for me to watch, so there we go. (laughs) That's Sarah's opinion on it. I think it was outstanding. I just think it was, like, the perfect... I just think it was great. Like, the writing was perfect. The um, acting, the cinematography, the... I just think everything about it was, like, flawless. I think it was no, so I'm good. I'm sure it's really good. I just like it was too intense for me. Oh yeah, no, I get that. It made me really uncomfortable. Yeah. So you have to get past there's a episode in the first season that's really bothersome with a bathtub. Yeah, I think that's the last one I saw and I was like, no, Yeah, no. if you push past that one, it gets a lot better. It gets a lot better. I just think it's a really... And what the other thing I love about it is they did not use sex or profanity to... I mean... Like, I feel like a lot of shows, they lean on that to attract viewership. Mm-hmm. And that one was able to without doing that, which means it's that much better, in my opinion. Because they had to rely on actual, like plot development and character development and acting and And science yeah so that would be my favorite tv show in the last five years okay um growing up i liked bug juice do you remember that tv show what okay that was on disney and it was about it was like it was a reality show about kids at camp uh, I watched a show called Salute Your Shorts about kids at camp. Yeah, it was not like that at all. 
I remember that. I kind of remember that show. Um, remember, there's a big gap in our childhood. True. But I thought you might have watched Bug Juice, but maybe not. You'd have to pick something that had a really long, like Saved by the Bell. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Uh, like Gilmore Girls. Not my childhood, but yes. <laughs> I didn't start watching it until I was a like junior or senior in high school. Okay. That's about the time I started watching it, too, but it was in real time. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the re-run- reruns, and then I got into the show as it was going on TV, and then I lost the channel. It changed channels. It did. The last season, so I couldn't watch the last season. It went from the WB to the, which then like changed UPN. to the CW, which then changed to something else. I don't know. No, it yeah. completely left the CW and went to yeah. UPN yes. or something. like. Right. Yes. No one even has UPN. Well, and the last season wasn't written by Amy Sherman Palladino. This is a no. thing. So it jumped the shark. It did. But then <laughs> they had the little four part miniseries that just came out last Christmas to kind of and she did write those so she finally got to yeah ooh tie the you knot know one of her newer shows the marvelous Mrs. Mazel yeah Have you yeah seen it? it's really good I like yes. that show I like most of the things she does so yeah I, that's on my list Oh, you know what's a really good show in the last five years? The Magicians. I haven't seen it. That's such a good show. Here's the problem now. with the, There's so many choices. Like, how can you watch them all? And should you be watching them all? What, Get so, out from behind your computer and your TV so many screens. What? Like, there's just so many choices of things to watch. You guys, go watch The Magicians. It's good, <laughs> but don't watch it with... Young people. <laughs> like children. Don't watch Breaking Bad with young people either. No. No, Kayla, watch The Magicians if you like any sort of sci-fi. Okay. Will do. Do it. I have if such you... a long list of things to watch now. I bet everyone listening does as well. So we should probably wrap it up so they can go get to all their couch potatoing. Watch The Magicians first. <laughs> if you've seen it. Let us know in the Facebook group on the post that we make about the episode. <laughs> Tell me how much you love it. Or Breaking Bad. Let's have a contest. Which one's better? Sarah's People weird are... magic show or Breaking Bad? People are going to have watched Breaking Bad more than The Magicians. <laughs> because it's probably better. <laughs> no, it's because The Magicians is on sci-fi, but it's also on Netflix. So There you go. Go binge it on Netflix. You're going to like it. It's not <laughs> like Harry Potter. <laughs> All right, Sarah, you want to close us? Yeah. Join our closed Facebook groups called the Infertal Mafia and the other one that's called Bosses and Babies. Follow us on Instagram at Infertal Mafia Podcast. Feel free to send us an email to infertilmafia at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to hear more talk about eggs and balls and stuff. And in our next episode, we're going back to talking about IVF again. Specifically, down regulation. But don't worry. What's that? It won't be, 
It won't be a downer episode. We're going to talk about a lot more than down regulation because what? How much can you actually say? Take some birth control and call it a day. Or Lupron. Is that the same? What? Yeah, or Lupron. Not the same as birth control. No, I mean, Lupron <laughs> is down regulation. Though. Yes, yes, yes. But so we asked people in the Facebook group about this and we got some very interesting responses, which we will read in the next episode. And we're also going to talk about that crazy viral post that we mentioned at the top of the, mm, yes. the top of the episode and lots of other talk about eggs and balls and stuff. So definitely join us next time. And as always, thanks for joining the Infertile Mafia. Bye. Bye.